really does kind of feel like it's shaping up to be one of those years, doesn't it? The Jays didn't play yesterday, and it feels like they lost. That's because the Orioles. Because the Orioles. Here come the Orioles, folks. What? You, can we stop saying here they come? They're they're. I think they're here already. Yeah, they're game and a half back of your Toronto Blue Jays, Kevin uh, Barker. My Orioles are now 69 to 61. They finally managed to expunge the aroma of Buck Showalter from the clubhouse. That's what and, it was. And there they are. They have videos on YouTube and. Yeah, the the uh, Orioles. Our friend uh, Ben McDonald sent out a link to the uh, Orioles' new second half hype video, which is pretty good. And, uh, and I'm good. with you, Barker. If I'm you, I'm if I'm John John Schneider, I'm sh- I'm showing that in the loop. I'm showing that in the loop in the clubhouse. Yeah, I'm not on sure. Monday. I'm not sure. I believe in that this time of the year. I don't if either. You, if but you don't it's know good. how to pump yourself up and get ready for a baseball game, it's you know, it's playoff baseball in September. But but man, it's like, pretty good stuff. I mean, it's a really good video. It's a really good but video. But it'd be really easy just to roll that a couple of three hundred times in a clubhouse right before a game starts. I'm just saying, look at what they're doing. It always reminds me of a playoff series I covered a couple of years ago when, oh, longer than a couple of years ago, Oakland and the Yankees. And Oakland had won a couple of games in New York and it was coming home yeah. to Oakland and they could wrap it up. And they played a video while the Yankees were taking BP. Uh-huh. And it was about what a great, you know, great story that when, when wins were over the Yankees, you could just see the Yankees as the video went on them balls all of a sudden went a little farther and a little farther and a little farther and a little farther. It is. And all the talking around the cage. And then the Yankees. It really is amazing that you can run a video on YouTube eight games above 500. <laughs> <laughs> just like, but and, full and credit just, to and them. Believing in it. But like, full, just, full credit to the Orioles. The first minute is how crap they were it for, is. for the previous four years. Yep. Anyhow, yep. Uh, we don't have to worry about the Orioles until Monday. It's Blair and Barker. It is a Friday. The Jays have got three slam dunk guaranteed, oh, no 100% question. no doubt wins. Who's pitching game two? They're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates. Hey, did you know who they called up, the Blue Jays? They, I, I did indeed. <laughs> oh, boy, I did indeed. I did indeed. I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. Well, I do. It's what the same thing. It tells you the minor league system's crap, basically. Oh, man. Well, certainly not crap. That's maybe overstating it a little. That Casey is rude. Lawrence, that's, that's not Casey Lawrence's fault. No, it's not Casey Good Lawrence's fault. Good for him for getting called back up. Yeah. Holy moly. Like... Uh, well, the championship season, and that's I, even though it is Pittsburgh, and no offense, Pittsburgh, but you're having a down year. I mean, you can bounce back next year, but this year you ain't real good. Having a down decade. It's still Casey. <laughs> it's Friday. I'm trying to be nice, but it's Casey Lawrence, Jeff. Well, this gets to, yeah, I mean, the endless. It's an endless. It's just an endless loop. Even the Yankees. The Yankees brought up a prospect, a legit guy. Maybe maybe gives him a little bit of a boost. Maybe he doesn't. But it's remar- remarkable how many good teams, how many teams that haven't exactly been drafting at the top of the amateur draft lately, like the Orioles have, have been able to pull up guys this year and have them make an impact. And the Jays have basically had one guy, Gabriel Moreno, who has got two home runs at AAA. And yeah, he's hitting like 318. And I'm sure he's going to take the ball the opposite field all the time. And that's wonderful. But um, yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it's it's other teams are calling up some prospects when the rosters expand. The Jays are reacquiring dudes on waivers, Ooh. and bringing up Casey Lawrence to. I'm assuming pit start or piggyback I with guess. your with your boy. What a tell you what man. I mean. You better score a ton of runs. Again, it's it's there is no slam dunks in baseball, and we've seen they have to play a complete game to win games. It's not like they can make an error in the first inning and still have a decent chance of winning. Like they got to play games, catch the balls you're supposed to catch, get the people you're supposed to get out. And if they don't and they fall behind offensively, can they take the ball the other way? A couple of times they're going to have row, to score against Pittsburgh. They're going to have to win a lot of games six four. No question. No, and can, that's the question. Can they? Like it's, you know, it looks like they're sort of setting their rotation up, especially for Baltimore. Okay, let's walk through this. We'll be joined, by the way, by Caleb Joseph later on, uh, and also Brian Anderson, the Rays analyst. And the reason we're having Brian Anderson on big series, big series this weekend, the they're all Rays big and the Yankees, they're all big. But 
the Rays have won three in a row. If they can win another three in a row, they're going to be within three games of the Yankees. Now, wow. think about this. The Yankees had a 15-game lead. It's, they, it, they've lost nine games off their division lead. And Tampa Bay, they've got, they've got Tampa Bay. Uh, it's not in the Bronx, actually. It's in Tampa Bay, three games this anyway, weekend. I can't cross my fingers. Tampa but... Bay. Wouldn't that be great? What the race? Oh, wouldn't now that all of a sudden, great? And now, now all of a sudden you're cheering They're for the three race. Up. All right, because now all of a sudden you're cheering for the just race. Just because I was the one that said, eh, maybe they're peaking too early," uh, and then I got yelled at on this show by a couple of people who have the same name. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How's that looking? Uh, well, you know, you know how it is. Pat myself on the back. You know how it is. Uh huh. Okay, let's try and run through this. Uh, what, what we're going to guess. Because <laughs> that's basically what it's it is. It's basically what we're doing it right is. now. It's basically what we're doing. So well, we, uh, Alec Manoa is scheduled to start tonight, right? Sure, it's what it sounds like. Okay. And uh, it sounds like Ross Stripling will throw game three. So I would assume it's not going to be Mitch White for game two. So you're looking at a combination, I'm guessing here, of Yusei Kikuchi and Casey Lawrence and a plethora of bullpen arms to get through game two. And then I would guess, this is just me, Rios's last start was August 29th. Gosman's last start was August 30th. So you're killing a couple of birds with one stone. You're setting your two guys up for the doubleheader mm-hmm. for Monday. And you also give a couple of guys a couple of days extra rest. Like you're sort of helping it out. So I would assume that Barrios and Gosman would get the the doubleheader, and now you're thinking about who's pitching game two. I would think that's where Mitch White comes in for game two. And then you're looking at, well, game two, I'm saying day two. So that would be game three. So nobody yells and calls in and says, I don't know what I'm talking about. And then day three, day three would be back to Manoa. So you sort of got it set up to where you're thinking about game two for Pittsburgh, and then you're thinking about game three or day two for Baltimore. Have we sort of... And I'm, you know, I could I could sort of draw a line through all of this and just say score a lot of runs. But do you really think that's going to happen? I don't. I think it's going to be close games, especially in Baltimore and Pittsburgh. <laughs> I want to say it's not going to be close games, but they don't face that team a ton, and they don't see those pitchers a ton. And if I'm those pitchers, all I see is fastball away, slider away. You have a slider? Yep, throw it away. Have your miss be off the plate. And I think that's – so it'll be interesting to see how all this goes, but it just looks like the Blue Jays have figured out a way to – if if you're reading this right, and you sort of you, – you you wouldn't think you'd pitch either one of your big boys in, in game two because you think you can piece it together and get a couple of guys coming out of the bullpen plus Casey Lawrence and do your thing and hopefully you score a ton of runs. And it just simplifies the fact that – you know, you don't have to pitch your highest leverage guys. You can sort of work through it, and I don't want to say save them, but you can throw them when you want to throw them. How about that, Jeff? Play good defense, run the bases the way you're supposed to, and get some timely hits and score a bunch of runs and pray. <laughs> Basically, that's what you're saying. And don't try and hit it in the water in Pittsburgh, because I used to try and do that in batting practice all the time. It's tough. You get big. You go outside the zone. Yeah. Yeah. So how to do? You think that you think that's the way it's I I would assume that's I mean, you've got to This is what happens when you don't have a cushion in the wild card race. Yep. You can't get too cute because if you lose two or three to Pittsburgh, I understand you still gotta beat Baltimore, but if you do lose two or three to Pittsburgh. I mean, there's just there's there's not that much there's not that there's just not that much margin for error anymore. I mean, nope. There really isn't. That, that's that's kind of what it gets down to. Keep in mind with Casey Lawrence, okay, the the Jays from this point on, you have to carry 28 men in your roster, so you can move guys down and up. Except the doubleheader, you can add an extra Except guy. Except the doubleheader, you can add guys, extra. you can have 29 guys. So I'm assuming one of the bullpen guys you want to call. Probably you get Popper, Merriweather Whoever that would be, so you can add an extra arm in the doubleheader. And then I would assume that Casey Lawrence would go down, would be my guess. Because you know the salt part of your schedule would be over, and you don't mm-hmm. want him pitching against the Yankees or Tampa. or You know, you don't want that. 
because he did that before, and you know that ERA is a little over eight. Yeah. So it's it's just this oozes guys in your lineup that we've been yelling and screaming about. This is why you know George Springer's of the world and Vladimir Guerrero Juniors and maybe Bo Bichette, who I guess looks a little bit more comfortable. Maybe can get the head out a little bit more and catch fire. And they score some runs, and this is, you know, this we talk about this offense a lot all year. I would think in September this is sort of when they stick their chest out and say, we're here, we're going to help everybody get where we want to go. Right in front of you. Yeah, the, uh, you know, the in terms of the Pirates, I mean, the O'Neill Cruz is kind of the flavor of the month right now. Is he hitting under 200? Uh, he's not hitting well. No. Uh, his defense is... Uh, is is remarkable though. But it is because and he's six seven. He's six seven and he gets a lot he gets a lot on the ball. Cabrian Hayes, um also good defensive. He's hitting like two forty three. And uh but he is a another he's a he really good defensive third baseman. As a matter of fact, it's kind of interesting. He's uh second among major league third basemen and outs above average behind Nolan Arenado. So, but I mean, this is the whole thing with the Pirates. Every year they have a couple of good young guys and they just can't put any, they haven't been able to yeah. put anything else together since they've had Russ Martin and, and well, uh, Neil Walker and all those guys in the team. When you were talking there, the only thing I was thinking is if you're the Jays, don't hit third then. Or short. <laughs> like, I mean, stay up the middle and. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird. You know, when you look at where the Pirates were, Actually, not that long ago, and look at where they are now. They just they just haven't been able to get any traction in their rebuild at all. Mm-hmm. They, they just haven't. They haven't. They've, you know, they've been in a position to draft well, but they just they just haven't been able to get any traction when, at when, all. In when the, Mark in the game. Shapiro was on our weird. show and he was talking about how the season has looked to him, this is for me games i think that he was talking about we should be going into this series these are no brainers they're two and now like this is right and they were two and four against the angels and the cubs they were like these are and they, they've been good against teams under 500 all year like they've been okay Except it's for just, recently absolutely so it's just i think this is what everybody that watches this team scratches their head a lot it's just like you should be going into this thinking we're gonna line this up it's us against you and we are really good and we think we're gonna score a ton of runs and this is gonna be no brainer and our manager's gonna have to just be able to bring in the guys he wants to bring in and not have to worry about two innings ahead of time do you feel that way jeff no and and what really kind of concerns me about this team is you really do get the sense if if they haven't scored and it's the fifth inning or something like that, or if it's close to the fifth inning, the sphincters get a little tighter. I mean, they just do. (laughs) You can tell watching these guys, they get a little tighter. Right. Well, they do. You know, you know, that's not what I would say. What was it it that John Schneider told you about, which I kind of liked about these guys trying so hard to make the playoffs, Just get into the playoffs. He, that's, that was, Every coach that I talked to, the couple of players that I talked to when I went down for batting practice, that's what everybody said. Just get into the playoffs. They're trying so hard to do everything possible because they don't want to disappoint anybody. That's mm-hmm. anybody in Canada. They want to be, you know, make everybody so happy and get into the playoffs. And they're saying that the bats will look better, their defense will look better, their base running will get better. I... Do I believe that? I this is I think it's whenever you see a team and they don't score before the fifth inning, that just gives more information to that guy standing on the mound that he knows how now to, you know, is it really that plan of only going middle of the way with two pitches and you actually do it for three or four innings? Now you're thinking to yourself, man, this really works. That makes me look really good. So I think that for me is more of that than that. What did you say? Getting tighter? Yeah, Spink, that's what, so. Spinker, yeah, I think Spinker. it's more about that. My yeah. what I'm saying than what you're saying. I'm just saying. Well, geez, either either way, it's Jays were 13 of 14 in August. Yeah, they weren't great. Uh, we mentioned two and four coming out of that homestand. Uh, they are third in the wild card race. They own the final wild card spot. They're two games up in the Rays. Sorry, two games behind the Rays. And Mariners and a game and a half ahead of the Orioles. Uh, and then playing the Pirates tonight. The Pirates are 49 81. They're going to miss the playoffs for the seventh year in a row. Wow. So, uh, and if you're you're wondering about the rest of the wild card race, 
the Orioles are going to play the Oakland A's as yep. a warm-up to facing the Jays. So you're thinking the standings will stay about the same. You you would think you, so going you would in, think going into the four-game series against the Orioles. You would think that by the time that rolls around, you're probably still looking at a game and a half. You are, yeah. A game and a half. Uh, the Mariners are in Cleveland to take the, uh, take on the Guardians, which uh, will be some kind of series. And then the Rays that we mentioned are hosting the Yankees. And um, the Twins are in Chicago to face Guardians the Guardians haven't White scored Sox. a run two days either. You no, know they who, haven't. You know, you know who kept them from scoring? The Orioles. Brad, I was watching uh, Bradish last night. <laughs> Going a little harder, locating a little bit more, being a little bit more unpredictable. Somebody forgot to tell the Orioles. See, I, I think what maybe what may have happened too with 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 the Orioles starting pitchers in particular, because that's been one of the surprise stories it this is. year. I I kind of think that what happens is you get to a point where you get to September, you've already you've you've pitched the full season, you've got a little bit of belief, you haven't been hurt so far. You know, I think if you're a guy like Kyle Bradish, you're going to, you're just feeling really good about yourself and you have no pressure. You have no, I, I mean, the, the, the pressure right now is to, is to assure that you have a job next year. I mean, this is a okay. perfect situation for the Orioles. They got a bunch of guys who are hungry, who sure. are, who are playing for a position next Can year. Can I ask you a question? Would that <clears> video <throat> add any more pressure to a team that no. doesn't have any start in the season? No, because I think don't think so. I think it's kind of fun. Because you know, they're running that through the clubhouse too, thinking, oh, look how cool it is. I think it's kind of fun. Like, Doing this after they hit a home run, and I think no. You know, I, does it add anymore? Because now there's I I don't know if that's a, a I've watched I've I don't watched know if that's a thing or not. I've watched bits and pieces. I would say of their last probably their last seven games. Just like here, and I've been you know watching it online. Just they are having an awful lot of fun. They are. They uh, sure they're having fun. Uh, you know the Gunnar Henderson thing. We were joking about it yesterday. Listen, that type of stuff, if you can get somebody who comes up to your – you've been in teams, coming up into your clubhouse in September who's just good. Good. Say that. And happy. And, and it's like, you know, there's a little – Don't want to screw up and mess it up for everybody yeah. else. That's sort of the – I know that's the way I felt when I came up in September. Yeah. Even if I was coming up to a bad team, you, you still be... don't want to mess it up. Like, no. you want to fit right in and, and hit the ground running. And you want to, you know, you want to be a part of it. So – but I think the the most important word is good. Like, yeah, I get, I get, I, I don't want to be too hard on people like Casey. But if you're the Blue Jays and you're in that on that team and you're, you know, you you want a little bit of a jolt. Yeah, is Casey giving it to you? No. Like that's I, I don't. Again, I used to be the guy Casey getting called up. Right, I was I was happy. Now I would have been ticked off because the schedule in the minor leagues goes longer. Yeah. So I have a chance of getting sent back down, sent back down in September. September so now. you didn't like that. But it's, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's just, it's sort of, it, the Blue Jays are what they are. There's no more help coming. You know, the, the guys that they call up, they are just going to be called up. Like it's, are they going to change games? Probably no. not. So you are what you are. So the guys that are here this is what you're going to live and die with. And that's, you know, that's not always the easiest thing to do. But again, it's... Yeah, and, I, and I've got to say this. There's no indication. I know fans are asking us. There's no indication that Gabriel Moreno is going to be up here. No. I mean, there just isn't. The, I, the, the thinking seems to be that they're going to let him play out the season in AAA and, you know, finish, finish that out. By that point, it's September 28th. And I do. I do think. Just not to interrupt. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt. I do think it's more has more to do about uh, game calling than any other parts of his game. I, you know, I know we joke around about the letting the ball travel and yeah. slapping a single to right field. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I just think it's we saw when he was here about the the flow and the pace and you know the shaking and just not on the same page with the pitcher. This time of the year, they can't have. They just they just cannot yeah. have that. So I don't think it has. I think it has more to do with them trying to get everything they can possibly get out of the guys standing on the mound, and I think they have a better chance of doing that with the two catches they have here now mm-hmm. than with Colin Gabby. For me, anyway, it doesn't have anything to do with Gabby's play. I mean, he's a good enough. Well, you'd player. also have to ask it's yourself too, though. He's, he's not. You bring a guy up like that. If you look at why the Orioles are bringing their prospects up, if you look at why the Yankees are bringing their prospects up. 
They're bringing those guys up because they want them to play. The Yankees need those guys to play right now. Mm -hmm. They need them to play. They need them to contribute offensively. Contributing offensively is the biggest thing. And unfortunately for the Blue Jays, Gabriel Moreno is not a guy that's going to come up and contribute. You know, he's he's not going to give you that added offensive boost. He's just not. No. He's just not. Uh, If he takes Danny Jansen's spot, you're sacrificing Danny Jansen's power and game calling for Gabriel Moreno's average. He's not taking Alejandro Kirk's spot because they're you know, basically the same guy offensively, although Kirk's got more power. So, so you'd rather you, you use ask that yourself. spot to call up a bullpen guy. That's that's sort of the yeah. point here. Is you trying to get as many options for John and Pete Walker to go to late in the game? At least for me, anyway, the guys that you would call up would be earlier in the game. I think they have their Again, seventh that, inning, that, their eighth inning, their ninth inning solidified. Now it's sort of that fifth and sixth inning you're trying to take. But care it does of. it does make you wonder. That there just seems to be nothing, literally nothing at AAA. No. Ain't nothing. They called up Casey Lawrence. I mean, again, I don't want to say anything and bad about Casey. And your best pitcher, that's Ricky Tiedemann, has just been called, or was called up to AA in August, and they're, they're kind of trying to work him through innings and things like that. Uh, yeah. And... It does have to be said, and we talk about the minor league system, that they have traded, you know, they traded some guys who might have helped them to get guys like Matt Chapman. And the quality is just not there. But say the, it say it like it the is. Quality the quality is, is no. just not there. If it was, it would be here. Yeah. End and of story. I know that the Jays have been, the Jays haven't exactly been in a position where they've been drafting really high in the draft. And there are people saying, Jeff, we think I think you're being a little unfair because unlike the Orioles, the Jays haven't had the first pick overall. That's true. Mm-hmm. But they have done a lot of work in the international market. They've signed a lot of guys in the international market. And it is cyclical. They have a bunch of guys who are 19, 20, 21 who just aren't ready for the majors yet. Now, I'll tell you what, two, if we're having this discussion two years down the road or Three years down the road, then we have a real issue. Right now, I think you can look at this and you can say, okay, there is a cyclical thing here. You know, the Jays have homegrown guys. They had to trade guys to get Matt Chat. You know, you can look at it. Jordan Groshans is a trade. You, you can, can look at it and say, for it. you can say yeah. that they have moved away a lot of guys who were close to the major leagues in order to get guys who were more established major leaguers. You can say that. You can say that. I don't think there's anybody out there that, for example, would want to redo in the Matt Chapman trade. So you can say all that stuff. And if that is the case, then, yeah, we're talking about something cyclical. And a couple of years down the road, you may see uh, a, a, a guy like Arelvis Martinez may be in the position where he can join the team and give a little bit of juice during, during, the, during the pennant race. But it, it, the fact of the matter is right now, as we sit here on September 2nd with the Jays a game and a half out of the wild card and teams around them calling up minor leaguers to contribute, the Jays haven't been able to call anybody up who can contribute. I, I mean, it's that you, you can't say it any you got any what you, you got what you got. And, and, and yeah. I, I'm still in the camp. I think that what you got is good enough. I really do. I, th- I think if you, if you can control the strike zone as an offensive player a little bit better, uh, if you have Barrios, who's taken a little bit of step forward, continue to do that. Your other two big guys in your rotation continue to give you a legit opportunity to win, you know, most if not all the games that they start. And your closer continue to do what he does. I, I just, for me anyway, I think they're good enough. Now to make a serious run in the playoffs, I, I'm not sure about that, but... That will also, though, I, I think we agree that that could depend on a matchup as well. No question. That could depend on a matchup as well. Uh, like, if there was some sort of way where the Yankees could, and I don't think they can. I, that, I, I'm looking at the teams in the postseason right now, and, I, and I, I think there are a lot of clubs saying, you know what, on balance, we'd take the Yankees right now. Yep. We'd rather play the Yankees than Seattle. We'd rather play the Yankees than, than Houston, certainly. I mean, Cleveland's probably not the same. But – it's too bad there isn't a way that uh, that the Yankees could really, really create or end up getting that final, you know, be the low seed of the division winners and uh, and give somebody a shot at them in the first round. But, um, I, I mean, I think, listen, as bad as the Jays have been, the Yankees have been worse this month. Yeah. And that's, 
you know, what am I looking at right now? The Yankees are 79 and uh, 52. Nah, they've got uh, they've got an 11-game lead in Cleveland, so they're not going to torch that. They're not going to fall to where the Guardians are and, and get in and, and have to face somebody in the first round of the wild card. But uh, it'll be interesting this weekend. If, if Tampa Bay can take two or three, or, or if Tampa Bay can sweep the Yankees in Tampa, Yankees three games up all of a sudden, now that's now a lot of the pressure really falls, really falls. I think the there's already pressure for the Yankees. You listen to their manager talk. You listen to their GM talk. Like there's, you listen to the players talk. There's a lot of pressure they there still to perform got, and, and turn the corner and figure out why they've been struggling. They are 25 games over 500 at home. They're two over 500 away from home. Yeah. I've been saying this. If you're an offensive player there, even if you're right-handed, even better if you're right-handed you can let the ball travel inside out a ball and be rewarded well, your because point of that is, little short porch and right that's a big home field advantage your point and, is well made they have the big, they pitching. have the biggest home field good advantage pitching. in the american league if i don't have to if i don't have to hit a good pitcher hard and still have success because of that little short porch and right that's an advantage for me and now i know how to do it because i take batting practice there every single day the Rays will take on the Yankees in the three-game series starting tonight at the Trop. The Yankees, six up on the Rays. We've got a bit of a race in the East again, folks. Six games up on the Rays. The Rays are on a roll. They've won three in a row. The Yankees uh, lost their last game. Uh, they're six and four in their last ten. Tampa's eight and two. And they've got the Yankees right in front of them for three games. The Rays right now, as we mentioned, they've got the top wild card spot where they're tied with Seattle, actually, although uh, the Rays are a game ahead in the loss column. The Toronto Blue Jays, 70-59, and 59, they're a game back of the Mariners in the loss column, and uh, they are uh, two games back of the Rays in the loss column. Brian Anderson is a Rays analyst. We'll take a look at the Rays-Yankees series. It's a big one. It's got a lot of implications the Blue Jays as well. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and Alish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we'll be joined by Caleb Joseph later on in the show. I got a little bit of news uh, to break today, Mr. Barker. Gives me a great pleasure to inform our audience that uh, you will be part of Peacock's coverage of the Sunday afternoon. 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock. That's still a god. That's an early time for baseball. It is. Oh, well, you'll be part. Be, well, it'd be harder if I was a player doing it. Yeah, but you've yeah. probably played at noon. Yeah, on, on the, the Pawtucket, yeah, yeah we we'll we'll go at ten thirty. You don't want the ten thirty Pawtucket, anyhow. So, as Kevin Bark will be part of uh, NBC Sports Peacock yeah, be broadcast, you and uh, uh, Benetetti and um, I believe Bob Walk. That's it. Oh. That's it, Daddy. Bob Walk is a terrific dude. He's a terrific dude. That'll be a lot of fun. It will be be fun. So, better make sure that everything you say about the Jays is accurate. I'm sure it'll be okay. I, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure you'll manage it. I, I know some things about the Jays. Yeah, you do it'll indeed. Be okay. And just go in the air and tell him that you used to be the manager's roommate and you've seen him in his underwear and that that generally... No, I'm not going to say that. No. But it's that true, but I'm not going to say that. It would generally open the door. Uh, Brian Anderson is the Rays analyst. He joins us in Blair and Barker. Uh, because the Jays Pirates series is a slam dunk, we're not even going to bother talking about that series. We want to talk about I hope you realize I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. Uh, yeah. uh, but we do want to talk about uh, – there's going to be a lot of split vision here. I'm going to be watching Rays and Yankees mm-hmm. almost as much as I am uh, watching uh, the Jays, uh, the Jays and the go. Pirates. Now – I think the last time we talked, uh, Brian, we were talking about sort of waiting for the Rays to become the Rays again. And, you know, I'm looking at the Rays now. Best record in the American League in August. They're what? They're 14 and four in their last 18 games. Three of those losses are one run. Yeah, that's pretty close to being 17 and one. Like, I don't, I don't know. They did not make the biggest splash at the trade deadline, and I know they got some of their guy, their own guys back, like Manuel Margot and that. 
But, Brian, I really do get the sense that the Rays are one of those teams that came out of the trade deadline with a little spring in their step here. There's no question. Uh, you know, I, I think when they went out and, and picked up, uh, you know, David Peralta and they brought him in, they traded for Jose Siri, uh, you know, to take over in center field. I, I think that sent the message to the team, you know, that, that listen, we're, we're in this to win it. And, and everybody knew that the, the Rays injured list was extensive. I mean, a lot of key players were on that I.L., but these guys that were holding down the fort knew we're, we've added a couple of pieces. And at the same time, we are going to get some key pieces back in the month of August. And that's exactly, you know, what you, what you've seen come to fruition. When you all of a sudden bring back Manuel Margot, who is having, you know, easily his best offensive season, not to mention what he gives you defensively, Harold Ramirez, who, if he had enough at bats, he just doesn't, you know, doesn't quite qualify. But if he had enough at bats, he'd be the the leading hitter in the American League at least as of a, a day or two ago. He's having the best offensive season of his career. You bring those two back and stick them in the lineup. Some other guys in that lineup have started to come alive. They're finding different ways to score runs. They'll hit a few home runs. They're very good base running, even though they leave a lot of outs uh, on the bases. They're very good going first to third and putting pressure on the defense and the pitching which has really, you know, kept them afloat all season long, has just gotten stronger. Mm. You know, in that month of August, when you were talking about the, the Rays having the best record, the starters, you know, for the longest period had a sub-2 ERA. Yeah. I mean, they were throwing great. The relievers were sub-2 ERA. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you bring back a, a Pete Fairbanks to team up with the Jason Adam at the back end. You've got Tyler Glass now who they may be able to add coming down the stretch. That's still an unknown. But, uh, you know, Kyle Snyder, the pitching coach, said, well, the chances are, are better than zero. And so I watched him throw a simulated game a week and a half ago uh, at Tropicana Field, 22 pitches. He was hitting, you know, 97, 98 miles per hour. The breaking stuff looked good. And you're like, well, if he's doing that third week of August, Mm -hmm. fast forward a, a month three four weeks and there's a chance he could be doing that in real games so you have that looming you know jp fireisen you know could be getting close uh, to coming back they've added some key pieces back to that team and they're they're hitting on all cylinders and i'll and i'll say this to just kind of wrap it up i think this team after the trade deadline and in the month of august played with a real sense of urgency because they knew if we do not go into September with a full head of steam, we are going to be in some big trouble because their September schedule is home and road series against the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Houston Astros, home and away, and then single series against the Guardians and the Rangers. They have a brutal September schedule, and so they realize, guys, if we don't put the pedal down now, we can't expect to do that in September. So let's start tightening up our game and, and go into September with a full head of steam, and that's exactly what they've done. Yeah, I love the way you use the phrase tightening up their game because they've also been a much better team in the, in the field. I mean, just watching their mm-hmm. games. I know that they've made less errors. I, I understand the numbers. But d- defensively, there seems to be a lot more going on than there was earlier this year as well. Without a doubt. There is no question. The, the defense, uh, which the, the Rays have always prided themselves on having uh, an excellent pitching staff and an excellent defense in support. And there were times this year that that pitching staff was not getting the support that they needed. There was just some miscues, misplays, you know, bad reads, overthrowing cutoff, man, just sloppy play that you don't typically see from the Rays. They have really tightened that up. Why? They have really tightened that up. So, sorry about no, that. No, 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 I was just wondering while I was listening to you talk, why is this team so good at home? They're 42 and 23 at home. Why is that? Well, listen, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, they, they, they're, they're set up well at home. You know, it's, it's not, it's a, it's a pitcher's park and they've got an excellent pitching staff. They yeah. do a great job for the most part of keeping the ball in the yard. And if you do that, you're going to have you know, success. And, you know, and I don't know. I mean, teams come in. Maybe they're distracted by the Florida weather. Maybe they'll, they don't typically enjoy playing at Tropicana Field. You know, it's, it's not, uh, you know, the Tropicana Field is not known to be ranked very high on, on opposing players' lists. Sure. 
So maybe they're just uh, they're not in the mood in, in going there. And I've often thought that, you know, that, that the Rays should own the Trump. They should own home field advantage, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's 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 what they're doing. These teams roll in here; they they play with a lot of confidence. Uh, you know, when they're able to attract some good sized crowds, it gets very loud and boisterous in there. You get the uh, the, the kettlebells going. Um, you know, it can uh, uh, or, or the um, what do you call them? Cowbells. Cowbell, not yeah. kettlebells. Yeah, cow- mm-hmm. yeah. To get the cowbells going. It's a, it's a different story. That that's what it'll be like this weekend. It'll be an interesting fight between Rays fans and Yankees fans because uh, you know it's obviously a big series. How, how would the organization use the September call up? Oh, they're they're going to mix and match. Yeah. I, I I laughed because I, I I saw that for you know as of yesterday the Rays added Matt Whistler who uh, is their right-handed reliever who throws about 93, 94% sliders. You've never seen anything like it. He'll throw a couple of fastballs a week. It's, it's remarkable, and he gets, he gets out. Um, and you know what's coming. A hitter doesn't have to wonder. He's 94% slider. So they add him, and you're thinking of you know, the right-handed you know, power bats of, of the Yankees. Well, that's perfect. And then they add Jonathan Aranda, uh, who's just, you know a utility infielder, second baseman, but has had a very outstanding year hitting in Triple A's. Had a couple of stints with the big league club and has shown the ability to to handle the stick and and get some uh, get some big hits and hit for average. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get, but I also you know you take that with a grain of salt because the whispers are yeah that's who they're adding to start. But it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fluid situation. I think you're going to see a lot of moves being made by the Rays based on who they're going to be playing against. And again, when you talk about that tough schedule and that home and road series, you know, against the, the Blue Jays, uh, your your Toronto Blue Jays, they, they got nine games. Yeah. Remember, they've got four games at Tropicana Field, and pretty soon coming up, you've got the five games in four days up at uh, Rogers Center. Right. So nine games against that team. You know they, they're all they're all going to be big, and it's uh, you know it's going to be a really fun month, but it's going to be very challenging too. This weekend is particularly intriguing to me because the Yankees, the, the Rays are five and eight against the Yankees this year, but they've only they they've played the Yankees. They've had three games against the Yankees. They had three games against them in August. So they've they've really they were playing the Yankees when the Yankees were really good earlier in the year. When they played them in August, the Rays went two and one. They won four nothing, three one. Lost eight seven. That's why this intrigues me because now they they have those games against the Yankees coming up, and the Yankees aren't playing all that well right now. And there's, you, I mean, we all know what the narrative is in New York. And Brian, I'll just ask you this: if for, by some way the Rays sweep this series and they're three back of the Yankees, um, we've got a race for the AL East then, don't we? Which something we haven't probably haven't had since opening day almost can, can you imagine what oh. would happen in new york over oh. the weekend listen this is what I'll, this is what i'll tell you so i'm looking right now um and i, I wrote this down because i knew this was going to come up august the second you had the yankees in first place toronto in second 11 back the rays were in third 15 back yeah. august the second fast forward coming into play one month later the Yankees have gone nine and seventeen. Oof. If you can believe this, the Blue Jays have gone twelve and fourteen, yep. and they've actually gained three games on the Yankees. It is remarkable by, by going twelve and fourteen. It yeah. is, and 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 Tampa Bay has gone eighteen and eight, and they've gone from fifteen back to six in one month. So these guys already feel like they've got a shot because they've got the Yankees not only three this weekend, they've got them three next weekend. So they've got them six of the next ten games are against, uh, or six of the next nine right. are against the New York Yankees, and they understand that they have their destiny in their hands. And I'll tell you something else: being around this group, even though they're five and eight against the Yankees, they're not afraid of this team. They're not afraid of this team, and they play this team very tough. And those earlier losses that they had, that was the stage where the Rays could not score a run to save mm-hmm. their life. And so they were pitching extremely well, but they were losing these tight games, low scoring, and it just could not come up with the big hit. Different story now. Different story. Month of August, they're averaging almost five runs a game. 
So, you know, they, they are starting to swing the bats well. Again, you, you add a couple of those pieces. A couple of other guys have gotten hot. And so they're finding different ways to score runs, and they're more dangerous, and, it, and they're not afraid of the Yankees. They, they are not afraid of this team. And so I, uh, I cannot wait for tonight and, you know, and running through the weekend because this is going to be an electric atmosphere because the guys know that they can make a move. And like you said, best-case scenario – unlikely probably but best case scenario you could be going home to fire up the grill sunday afternoon here in tampa three games back mm-hmm. and then it's on how uh, worried should race fans be about shane mcclanahan you know what um, initially very mm-hmm. you know anytime you see a guy warming up to, to start a game and he's not able to go you're very concerned. You're going to get imaging. They're calling it shoulder impingement. There's a lot of things that roll through your mind. The following morning, they get that, that, that image done. You know, he was up at the crack of dawn and off to, uh, you know, get that done. Come to the field, it's red, and they said, you know, it was literally best-case scenario. It was impingement. There was no structural damage. It's just a matter of how quickly can they get the inflammation out and then, and then build him back up. And they don't seem to think that it's going to take very long. Now, obviously, with him going on the 15-day IL, you know, that's 15 days. So you're, you're talking mid-September at the earliest. But if you could get a couple of starts down the stretch run, I think that he's going to be totally fine. So I think that that, that concern has been mitigated by the reports coming out of the scan. And so initially not great. I think cautiously optimistic now for, for most fans. They, they feel like this is going to have – um, a happy ending. What about Wander Franco? What can you tell us about him? I'm always, Barker and I have talked about this, I'm always suspicious about handmade injuries mm-hmm. because, you know, Eric Hinsky almost had his career ended with a handmade injury. They're, they can be tricky things. Yeah, and and you know what? It's been quiet on the Wander Franco front. Yeah. And that, that makes you wonder what's going on because he had it. Uh, you know, he rehabbed, they sent him out or, you know, rehabbed at the facility, getting strength, build up, okay, t- hitting off the tee, live VP, boom. Now they send him off to Durham, it's time to go play ball, and then we're, we're going to maybe activate you the following week. Well, that gets cut short. You know, he had some issues with that hand, didn't particularly care for how it felt, comes back to Tropicana Field, you see him working out, hitting, everything looks good. He says that he feels good. Okay, we're going to pick back that, that pick that rehab assignment back up, and then the team goes on the road, and you come back home, and you haven't heard anything. It's been crickets. So I really, at this point, do not know where they're at. Maybe something comes out today because the team is is back home, but the the silence on the subject makes you wonder what is is really going on because um, you know you you never like to cut a rehab assignment short. And you'd like to get back out there as quickly as you can. And I still don't think that we're, we're there yet. So, you know, I think everybody's kind of wondering. And hopefully, again, you get to the field today and have, have an update. But right now, the silence is, I don't want to say concerning, but it makes you wonder. Have you, oh, sorry, have you seen right, a different no. Kevin Cash? Uh, well, I haven't seen a happier manager. That's, yeah, yeah. that's for sure. Longer you know, leash, I, maybe I that kind of that, thing. Yes. No, I, I think without question, I think that there was, you know, a really frustrating period of time because of some of the sloppy play, uh, the injury concerns, there, there was a lot going on that, that, you know, he was having a hard time dealing with. I mean, it, it, you're watching your team guys are dropping like flies. You're not playing the buttoned up type of baseball that you're used to seeing. And so it was a, it was a concern of his, no question about it, but whatever message was being sent behind the scenes, it has been received, and now, again, you're starting to see that IL, you know, let a few players go and, and, and come back to the big leagues to contribute. You're seeing the, the, the Rays game both, you know, defensively and even to an extent on the base pass start to get tightened up a little bit where they're not making as many mistakes mentally, and not, not even necessarily that it leads to errors, but just, you know, throwing to the wrong base or overthrowing cutoff men or not being positioned properly that stuff has been cleaned up and you're seeing them now obviously winning. And anytime, you know, you're, you're winning, your manager tends to have that smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Brian, really good of you to join us today as always should be a terrific series. Thanks coming a up. lot. We'll be have talking fun. a lot in the future. Have- <laughs>
Hey, yeah, absolutely, fellas. Thanks for having me again. And, uh, hey, have a blast uh, this uh, Sunday morning on Peacock. Thank That'll you be so a lot much. Of fun. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Be yeah. well. It's Brian Anderson of the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays uh, had a very good August, to say the least. They're a good team. They have more depth than a lot of organizations, which which helps. It's like the uh, the Shane thing. When when one of your best pitchers goes down, like say the Blue Jays, if Manoa went down, knock on wood, that would never happen. What would they do? If if Shane goes down for the for the Rays, it's sort of just like they go down and get a guy who's heavy slider guy. It's just like they can match up against other teams' weaknesses better than most teams in baseball, well, but, and that's why they're winning games. Yeah, and I think the thing with McClanahan was that. Uh, it you know Brian's right when listen when a guy's throwing in the bullpen and he shuts himself down mm-hmm. that's that's never a good sign and he was uh, you could tell he was concerned he was in tears and and uh, but it is you know as you heard Brian say they did the imaging the next morning he showed up and it and it's just in air quotes and an impingement which is something you can probably manage down the stretch but. I mean, here's the thing for the Rays that I think, I don't know about you, but I also, you never like to see anybody get hurt. But if this is okay, if this is all it is, it's probably not the worst thing in the world for Shane probably McClanahan not. to have 12 days to just kind of. Mm-hmm. And they're winning. And, and they're winning. Where they're and, at in the playoff spot. Yeah. It's If it was going to happen, probably best just, case scenario. But yeah, it's, think it's just about scary that. how they, good they can be even without him. I, I was looking at, 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 at the Rays schedule as Brian was talking. And he, he's right. Like most of their games were against the Yankees, and the Yankees are really good, and 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 the Rays, more to the point, weren't very good. But they <laughs> they're playing a lot better right now. They are. And the Yankees, we talked about calling up prospects. The Yankees called up Oswaldo Peraza, their number three prospect, a shortstop, and they're throwing him in the game. It looks like um, now, because Isaiah Kiner Falafa had, I mean. This may be overreaction, but he makes a big error in the sixth inning Wednesday against the Angels. They lose 3-2. Um, and, you know, here come the Yankees bringing up one of their prospects to help steady the ship. You know, the difference is this dude's hit 19 home runs in the minors yeah, yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. But they that gets back to that. I mean, the Yankees are dipping into their minor league system. They're bringing up their prospects to help steady the ship right now. Like, sure. that's a yeah. really sort of... That's a that's a real un Yankees thing to have good, to do. Good teams who don't beat themselves. That that's the thing, right? You're you're not always going to hit. You're not always going to pitch, but you can always not beat yourself. Like the little things and the good teams that do that yeah. win more games and and you know go where they want to go. It's it's going to be interesting to see if even if the Rays take two or three, like win the series. Mm-hmm. What what would that do to the Yankees? Oh, oh. man. Where they're for, where they're for I mean, if they come, like it's that's that's, I uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> like that's what you, well, if you're a baseball fan, that's what you want. Like if you're a Yankees fan, that's not what you want. But if but you're also, a baseball fan, think about what Brian said. As bad as the Jays were this year mm-hmm. or were this month, sure they picked up games on the Yankees. They did. Mm-hmm. Like what we're going through right now. Imagine what they're going through in New York right now. Yep. <clears throat> Because, you know, as well as anybody, when your lead gets like that, now you know what's going to happen. One of the New York writers, I guarantee you on Monday, one of the stories is going to be if they get swept or they lose that series and their lead is somehow down to whatever it is, four games, you're going to see one of those New York writers have a big story on the greatest collapses, the greatest collapses down the stretch by any team. Here come the Phillies teams of those great collapses. Oh, oh, ah, crap. We lost the race one. Oh no! And the Rays get watching. The Rays get Boston. They've got three against the Yankees, three against Boston, three against the Yankees. Then they got those games against Toronto. Like the 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 the, I I think I'll just say this: we'll know within the next week. I think we'll know who's the best team in the American League East. We'll know who the second best team is in the American League East. We'll know who the third best team is in the American League. No question. I think we'll know by then. Mm -hmm. We will know by the time that 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 series is done in Toronto where they are ranked. And I think that's the way that's the form chart. That's going to hold true during the playoffs. Even if, even if the Yankees are in first place by two games or something like that, if their lead has been cut down, I think we'll be able to say going in the playoffs that the Rays are the best team in the American league East, regardless of where they are in the standings. And boy, you know, then heads will roll. Oh. I mean, 
Chaos. Heads will explode. Oh. Chaos is good. But oh, it's again, the rays. Purveyors of chaos. Oh. Here come the rays. You thought everything was set up. It, Here come the it rays. It is amazing, Jeff. I was looking that up when BA was talking. That's why I asked him about the home record. They are 42 and 23 at home. Yeah. They are 30 and 34 on the road. Oh, God, yeah, I know. That's a giant difference. Yeah. I, I know the Trop you talked to. I've never been to the Trop, never played there. But you talk to players that's that's went to that place, they don't like it. It's dark. It's, it's, a, it's dark. It's yeah. hard to see because of the background. So I – and the uh, – you know, I would think it has more to do with the pitching. But does it? Because of the difference between the home record and the road mm. record? Like, that's a giant difference. And just home field advantage if you're like, – again – like, you wonder if you're fighting for home field advantage. Now, they'll have it if they keep the first wild card, which is a big deal, right? You have it because of that, and uh, that'll be a big deal for them. But if there's, like, down the stretch last week of the season, and you would have a chance of winning the East, would you try? Like, oh, if like, I'm so the race? Say, say you have the first spot solidified. Oh, hell yeah. And, but if you I can have go a shot, for the American oh, League right East, I do I you do it? Oh, I, you, I, I'm buying go, my... Like, like, if you could give rest to certain guys to get into the playoffs... Do you do that, or do you go for the American League East? That's the question. I think I'm going for the American League East because I want that. Like, I, I think the extra rest is worth it. It's I like think the Blue Jays. It's like the Blue Jays. The the Blue Jays going down the stretch. You don't want those last three games. That's what we said. No, you want you want Kikuchi, Kikuchi, Kikuchi. You want three Kikuchi starts in those games. You just want you're going to wear that arm out. You know he's going to be leaving. He's going to be uh, leaving Toronto with a dangling by to the say side because he does try hard. I know, I but it's true. It's true. Uh, Caleb Joseph is a Blue Jays analyst on Sportsnet, former Major League catcher. Caleb Joseph will join us next. Barker's back leg bits, DMs are open. We'll also go to the text line as well for his back leg bits, 595.90. Give us a shout. It's Blair and Barker for a Friday on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360, wherever you get your favorite podcast.